Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs>
guys broadcasting live to billions of people. Camels on the streets tracking who we meet and call this liberty. talk about uh, history, heritage, how the nation got here. Uh, America didn't just just come into being or pop into being all of a sudden out of nowhere. There was uh, quite a bit of of history that brought about the formation of this nation, and for a lot of reasons. And and we talk to you about those on a weekly basis. We talk to you about uh, rifle marksmanship and shooting. We talk to you about what it means to be an American, uh, about the men and women who stood together on April 19, 1775, and about what they did on that day, uh, who they were, why they did what they did, and the effects that it had, the visions that the founders had for this nation. And and are we being true to those visions? Uh, Well, sometimes we are and sometimes we aren't. Welcome to the show tonight. We're going to talk about tonight about how to become the master of the universe. That sounds like a very daunting uh, project, doesn't it? How to become the master of the universe. And it's really not that hard. You probably are not going to be able to do it if you try and uh, and bite it off all in one bite to chew it up and swallow it. <clears throat> But if you set yourself small goals and then you meet or exceed those goals, then uh, you can devour this thing. It may take more than one meal, but you can devour this thing and become the master of the universe if that's what you want to do. Uh, Also, later on tonight, we're going to talk about the, uh, the state of of healthcare, of medicine, hospitals, sicknesses, and stuff in the American Revolutionary War, because 
when we when we think of the American Revolutionary War today, uh, we look back in our minds, and our minds conjure up the the pictures that have been given to us by uh, books and television and stuff like that, and we see the all of the folks in the blue uniforms with the flags and the pipers and drummers and the fifers. We see them marching happily uh, to do battle with the uh, with the red coats. <clears throat> And really, that's about it. That's about the extent of of what is brought up in our uh, in our recall ability. But there's a lot more to it. When we talk to folks at uh, at an Apple Feed Rifle Marksmanship event about the decisions that were made on April 19, 1775, what we what we would like folks to understand <laughs> is is not just the decisions that were made, but the, also the repercussions of the decisions that were made. You know, when we, when someone in 1775, uh, for them to stand up and say, "All right, I'm, uh, I'm standing in ranks, and I'm willing to, to uh, pay." the the cost of what that is, of what that decision is, uh, a lot of folks don't understand the uh, the repercussions of that. First of all, by by any form of uh, rebellion, and that's what you would you would call it, a rebellion or refusal to submit to the authority of the British regular troops. You, you immediately have made yourself a, a treasonous outlaw, and that in itself carries a price of immediate execution: hanging, shot, stabbed, chopped up, whatever, whatever the most uh, expedient means would be right then and there. But say you were you were to escape that, you would still have a price on your head. They can confiscate your property. They can imprison your relatives. Uh, it wasn't really a whole lot of no's as far as the things that they could do uh, to exact their revenge or what they considered to be their justice on you. Included in the things that you would want to think about is if you go into war, if you put yourself in a position where you're going to, where you're going to take up arms uh, against an enemy, then you run the risk of being killed. But you run a far greater risk of being wounded, of being injured, of uh, developing a sickness or disease. And uh, let me tell you that uh, the folks in 1775 did not have, they didn't have life flight. They didn't have hospitals. They didn't have modern medicine. Yeah, they had hospitals, but it's not... When I say the word hospital, that immediately conjures up an image in your mind of stainless steel and uh, and clean white bed sheets and the smell of ammonia and stuff like that. <clears throat> That's not what they had. They had uh, a dirty, filthy mattress, dirty water, uh, someone operating on them with uh, blood-encrusted dirty hands, uh, using a knife that had been used just to 
a few minutes before to cut through some old pork. Uh, that is was the nature of healthcare at that time. So, so the idea that you're placing yourself in harm's way carried a great deal more uh, weight with it then than it does now. Now, yes, of course, you can still become injured. You can still uh, you can still receive grievous wounds, uh, but even on even out in the middle of nowhere, on, on a modern American battlefield, you you usually have access to uh, to some type of removal from the battlefield situation. Uh, and well, first of all, you'll have somebody uh, who even your even just the lowest private is going to have uh, a great deal more understanding of first aid than most of the doctors at the time. Uh, if you stopped breathing in 1775, that was it. You stopped. Nobody was going to do CPR. Nobody was going to clear the airway, uh, do CPR, uh, treat for shock. Uh, you, yeah, that was it. You were done. Uh, today, you have your buddies who uh, have... Uh, a fairly decent amount of medical gear on them. They've got a good bandage with some uh, quick clot in it. They've got uh, tourniquets. Uh, the uh, the medics traveling with your unit have a great deal of knowledge uh, about medicine. They can usually get you off the battlefield into a uh, a first aid station, <clears throat> usually within a couple of hours at the most, sometimes only a few minutes. And uh, from there, uh, you're only uh, another couple of hours at the most from uh, a grade a, a grade one uh, high priority hospital, and then maybe only another couple of hours from being in a completely in a different country with the best doctors and medical equipment uh, available. That is what you're looking at today. Not then, not back then, and uh, we'll talk more about that in just a few minutes. What I'd like to do first is, uh, is uh, as we do on every show, give you guys the opportunity to uh, to call in and thank somebody, thank one of your local crew members. All right, it doesn't have to be local; it can be national if you want. But thank one of your crew members for the job that they're doing there. Uh, I've told you guys many times before, Appleseed is is really good. And uh, we're really good at all the stuff that we do, uh, uh, rifle marksmanship, history, heritage. The only place that we that we sometimes uh, are lacking a bit is on telling the folks thanks. And uh, I'd like to start off by giving out a blanket thanks to everyone involved in Appleseed. Uh, whether you gave uh, five minutes uh, this year or last year or, or you gave 100 days, uh, I want to thank you because every minute counts. Uh, I don't think that – I think that the the nature of the position the nation is in, I don't know that uh, – I don't know that that we have a lot of time. And this is my personal opinion. This isn't the opinion of any organization. This is just me saying that I, I don't know that we – have a lot of time to get things right, which means we better be doing it right now because we better be starting. We better be 
doing everything we can to make things right. Because if we're if we're not, I don't know how forgiving time is going to be for us. So I want to thank everyone for giving every minute of time that they've given. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, the uh, the folks here locally in Texas. We've got some great crews here. I'd like to thank uh, Andrew and Laura LeCren. They uh, run the uh, the northern part of the state, and they do a fantastic job. And they've been steadily recruiting new instructors you know, and uh, getting new ranges online. And they do a very professional job, and I'm I'm very very uh, proud of the job that they've done. And then we've got uh, uh, Kirby Foster, who's our IT guy. I want to tell him thanks because he spends a lot of time uh, working out Apple Seed stuff. I mean, a lot of time. And uh, he just got a new computer. You know, I think he was running on one that was. Uh, um, for the last uh, few years, it's been that it was made in I don't remember what he told me, 2004, something like that, and uh, and he's got him a brand new one now, and uh, I'm just waiting to see how much havoc he creates with that. So Kirby does a great job with the uh, the IT stuff, and and then uh, a lot of the local guys, uh, uh, Red Dot, Alonso One. Uh, War Trekker, uh, uh, Reliable, uh, all of the Texas folks. I know I'm not naming everybody, but all of the Texas folks that uh, that make running the program here in Texas possible. So, uh, if you'd like to call in, three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero and uh, you heard from myself and from the call screener that, uh, you know, I pay, uh, can't pay close to $700 a year so that I can get the the extra 50 telephone lines because I know that whenever I announce this for you guys to, to call in, and thanks to one of your local crew, I know that it's going to be a mad rush uh Fill in the lines. So don't for, don't uh, pass up the opportunity to call in and tell one of your local crew members thanks. And at the same time, if you uh, uh, have an event that you'd like to do on the air, get out to the folks and uh, go and call in three four seven three zero eight eight seven nine zero. Call in, and uh, we'll be glad to get you on air and let you talk about the event. Or if you just attended an event or you just ran an event uh, that you'd like to talk about, then we'd be glad to hear about that, too. So we'll keep the the lines open here at the beginning of the show so that we can talk about uh, your local crews, about events that are coming up uh, that you want to talk about or events that you've just attended. And then we also want to thank the folks uh, who have been supporting the Rifleman Radio Show, and that is... Poker Face at PokerFace.com. They are a revolution rock uh, musical group, and uh, they donated the bump music for the show. Uh, They do events all the time. They're out at, uh, 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 I don't want to say Bald Knob, Knob Creek. They're at Knob Creek. 
uh, doing shows out there quite a bit, and some really great guys. And uh, I want to thank them for donating the the music for the show. Uh, we've got uh, the Handmade Soap Folks, which is uh, Blue Feather and uh, Tiles Glock. And uh, if you need some handmade soap, then buy it from Blue Feather and Tiles Glock. I think you can get it at bluefeather.biz. Uh, and, uh, and support them so that they can keep doing apple seeds. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Desert Eagle in New Mexico who has a long-term food storage uh, company. If you need long-term food, and I- I'm going to tell you that there are 100% of the folks who are listening need this. Uh, I don't care if you've already got a year's worth of long-term food in your in your prep. You need more. You can go to Desert Eagle, uh, Desert Eagle Foods. You may have to Google that. I can't see the uh, the live chat page because I've got uh, I have a restriction on my my uh, upload speed from the. Uh, Internet provider. So, uh, but the call center can post it in there, and uh, and you can get the long-term food storage from him. He's also the fellow that is running the either uh, uh, that we had on the show talking about the the Christmas for the troops, and uh, I'm sure that uh, even though it's only February, well, it's March now, March first. Even though it's only March, I'm sure that they're already starting to. Uh, to collect uh, stuff for the troops for this coming Christmas, and uh, I'm sure if that there is, if there is, if you'd like to get involved with that, then you can go to ChristmasForOurTroops.org and uh, and help them put together some packages to send to our troop station overseas. Uh, there is quite a few other folks who who help support the show. And I'm going to get uh, the call screener to enter those guys in to the live chat. And uh, a lot of times he he loads them to the chat, and I'll read them off of there. But and if you want the uh, the radio show, if you want us to uh, talk about what you do, if you have some kind of commercial venture that uh, your Appleseed brothers and sisters can help you with, we'll be more than glad to. Uh, just talk about it on the air because the folks that we talk about on the air, we want uh, we want to support them. We want to support all of our Appleseed brothers and sisters. If we if you can buy something from them uh, rather than going uh, somewhere else, then uh, then do that. Uh, you know, try and patronize your Appleseed brothers and sisters. Uh, let's support each other. Help each other. Let's uplift each other. And uh, and let's tell each other thank you. All right. Uh, we've got a. I'm gonna try one of the calls yet. I don't know that it's been. Uh, the call screen has talked to him yet. I'm gonna talk to him real quick. Area code seven two zero. You're on the air. Yes, I'm calling, concerned, you know, about the school shooting. 
in Ohio. And uh-huh. I would like to know what you the school shooting that took place in Ohio. I would like to know what the school? what the conserve the school shooting, the two Right, the three right, right. Yeah, I, I did I heard about that yesterday. I and what like did you know, want to know, sir? What is your view of gun control for school shooting? Oh, man. Well, I, I can tell you that every single person that, that, that I met you could speak to uh, would certainly be uh, aghast that there is some kids out there uh, at any school that children are, uh, are taking a gun to school and, and shooting another kid. Uh, as far as gun control, I, I don't know that there's anything you could do. Even if you made, uh, even if you made guns illegal today, and you did everything you could to uh, to confiscate everyone, you still don't stop the you, you still don't stop the violence in school. And and, and one of the, the the ways I would compare that is, uh, let's say you. you Let's say you take the number of folks uh, killed by farms every year, and it's and it's fairly low. But you, know, you look at the number of folks that are killed by cars on the highway, and that's around fifty thousand a year of folks that are killed, not just injured or anything, but killed. That's uh, fifty thousand a year. But but then you look at the need for the vehicle, and you say, well, I, I don't know, I don't know what else we could do. Uh, and it's the same thing with. With firearms, I think that if you wanted a good answer to that, I would. My answer would be: one of the best things you can do is to get your kid into uh, a rifle marksmanship class, a firearm safety class, and get them to understand uh, how to safely use a firearm. And then, uh, as far as kids. Uh, Doing violence on each other. I don't know. I mean, I, I wish there was some kind of good answer for that. Uh, I don't think that that's ever going to stop. Uh, there's. Do you think there, there are need more gun laws? Do you well, think here's the thing. More gun, gun laws here's and the, stuff like that. If, 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 we, if you could get a gun law that would do something about it, then I'm not saying that I would be automatically for it, but I, I would sort of think about it. Well, I can understand. The problem, the problem is that, that there are already there are already probably I would say around 35 or more gun laws that already make what that kid do illegal. But it seems like so many conservative against anything that about gun laws and something that can stop so much that because there's too many guns in the streets of all cities of America. And I mean, it's a sad day how so many Americans getting killed behind all these guns that open, I mean, like they walking themselves into hands. And I mean, like you got a lot of conservatives who always talk about keep their hands on their guns. Every time they're in libraries with the guns, they go going to meetings with the gun. Why is so many conservatives so paranoid? Do they think that the world will turn against them because they so, I mean, majority of them got so much hatred on their mind and they like wars. They like going to other countries, dropping bombs on women and kids. I mean, what about guns that make y'all think that's going to make y'all 
pretend to be in the toughest group of people in the world. Because I don't think you're tough. I don't. I think it's a coward when people hide behind guns. It's oh, I mean, it, it, it don't make them look good. Then I see you got this gun on your page, skulking people. I mean, that. I mean, what's in y'all blood to make that thing? Is that what y'all God teach y'all to be that kind of person that? You know, keep your hands on your guns, and you know, do y'all if they wishing for a race war in America? Majority of conservatives think they got guns, and they can stand on the roof and scope people and do what they do. Well, they think now, they hold, take on, hold on just a second. Hold on just a second. Let me let me let me try to answer uh, some of the the issues that you brought up. Uh, now, first, you say all conservatives uh, are a certain way, and yeah, you you know better than that, don't you? I mean, you don't really believe that, do you? That the majority of the conservatives like the idea that guns is okay? Yeah, I believe that. I hear it. You do? You know, well, well, then, well, what are you? Are you, uh, are you a liberal? Because liberals, no, I'm, believe, I'm that you, well, liberals believe that you should kill babies, right? No, Isn't that what they believe? That they, they believe that uh, you should be able to <laughs> abort babies, even if that means that the baby comes out alive and you can still just put it uh, in a closet until it dies? Is that what you believe? So you so are you do you truly believe that? No, I'm so just I, saying well, yes, I, I, I can understand that you, you believe, believe that. that I'm just saying no, you can't, I, just, I, I wouldn't think uh, if you asked me if you and I were just talking without anything else, uh, I wouldn't say that you would believe that. I wouldn't say that you would think that that was right because but when you, when I, you, I just you, wouldn't say that. And I'm saying that all conservatives. You can't say that about all conservatives because you just said. Well, when you see so many conservatives at y'all, like if y'all have a rally, you, you tell them, well, I'm here to protect myself. They feel like somebody going to come to the rally. They feel it's okay to pull their guns out and start shooting at people. You hear it in all, especially the Tea Party people. I mean, you know, what you got to take a gun to a rally at your rally for? Like Listen, I've, been, I've, I've been to a lot of different Tea Party rallies, and i got to tell you, I mean, I've yet I to see a single gun at a single Tea Party rally. Have well, you yeah, been to any Tea Party that. rallies? Yes, I went to one in Colorado, and I've seen a lot of people walking through there with their guns on their side. And then I, I didn't well, understand. That, that's, how a, that's just a legal thing for anybody to do in Colorado. I mean, but, I mean, it, it, and when you hear your, – People that was running for president, like said, but keep your hands on. You know, so many people are getting killed behind the gun. I mean, what is you guys paranoid over? Do y'all think somebody trying to really take y'all country away from y'all? Why America just belong to conservatives? Why y'all feel y'all lost y'all country? Why y'all feel like people took y'all rights away? Why you guys couldn't understand that President Obama was born in America? Why he had to put out his ID <laughs> to prove to him because 50% of the conservative people. Did I, I, I don't think I said anything about Obama being born in America, did I? Well, you part of that Tea Party, and that's one of y'all thought birth of people. Well, no, no I'm not part of any Tea Party or anything else. I'm just saying I've been to Tea Party meetings, but I've been to a lot of different meetings, and I've been to uh, I've been to the meetings for the Hare Krishnas. Uh, I've been to uh, meetings. I've been to NAACP meetings. Uh, I've been to a lot of different meetings. So I don't know. You you really can't take a brush and paint somebody that you don't know. By saying you guys are all like this, uh, okay, I would I'll, think that you that yourself—I think that you that yourself be would be one of the last people that would want somebody to say, "Look, I saw these guys doing this, so they all do it." Right? You wouldn't want somebody to do that because do you have kids? what if what if they what if somebody said, "You know, 
I saw these guys on TV. I was watching cops, and I saw these guys uh, uh, shooting and carjacking. So that's what they all do. That's what all those people do. Well, you know, you, you wouldn't want somebody well, to say that. I would heard you? a lot of for you to even bring that up. That's probably how you think, because a lot of you do think black no, people it's carjack not, people. No, it's not how I think. Black people rob. That's not how I think at all. Black people do that. That's, I mean, that's how the most of conservative people, they always want to put no, no, it, other not. group of people down. You, that's just, yes, that's is. you, that's you right yes, now projecting, and that's you that's showing that, you, that you're doing exactly what you would consider going. most other folks, what you're telling other folks that's not to do. You're saying these, all of these people are the same, all the, the same way. way is all of these America. people, all they do is they think the same way. And they're doing the same thing, and I don't think that that's right. You can't uh, you can't put a broad brush on a group of people and say this is how they all are. Uh, like I said, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I don't watch uh, the news, or I don't watch cops, and 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 see a uh, uh, a group of folks, uh, like say a group of Hispanics. Uh, uh, doing drug deals and carjackings, and I say, you know what? I bet every Hispanic in the nation, they're all like that because I just saw them do that on TV. That's wrong. You can't do that. I don't want. I don't watch a, a group of uh, 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 of black guys uh, punching down or, or robbing people in the street and say, you know what? I bet they do that. I bet they hate all. I bet they hate everybody else that's not of their race. I don't watch. Uh, I don't watch uh, Louis Farrakhan uh, talking about how he wants to kill uh, the white man and stuff like that, and think that and think that all black people are like that. There's no way I would do that. Why would Why would anybody do that? Uh, the uh, no no person in their right mind does that. Uh, you have to take each individual, and you have to take them on their uh, on uh, on what they show you and how they act. <clears throat> uh, all conservatives are not one way or or the other way, <clears throat> and certainly I can get I can tell you this too that uh, I I couldn't imagine a single person that I know, no matter what, uh, and most of the people that I know don't have a, a D or an R or a C in front of their name, but. I can't think of a single person who would be happy about uh, about any kind of gun violence at all. Uh, I think that when you talk about uh, the folks wanting to have the right to have a firearm on them, like uh, for concealed carry, or for some of the states that have uh, open carry, uh, I think they want that. Number one, uh, most people feel that it's well within their their constitutional rights, that it's provided for by the Constitution that they have the right to do that. And number two, uh, I think that most people are simply aware of the statistics that show that an armed society is a much polite, much more polite society. That means that. Uh, if there is a possibility that the person you're about to crack in the head with a uh, rock or a stick, or there's a, the, you're, you feel you're about to walk upon them and rob them or something like that, 
And there's a possibility that they may have a a, a firearm on them too, the legal firearm on, on them. Then maybe you won't do that. And the fact is, is that the the statistics actually uh, prove that out. That uh, in the areas where you have the most extreme gun control, uh, places like Washington D.C. say, we have the most extreme gun control in the nation. You also have the highest uh, gun crime rate there. Why? Because everybody, all of the bad guys in uh, Washington D.C. that that have a gun knows that the, the any anybody they're going after doesn't have one. So uh, it's uh, it's I, I don't think it's a uh, uh, I don't think it's a case of anybody being scared or paranoid. I think it's a case of folks wanting to have their rights. And it's a right under the Constitution. Now, uh, let's see. I, I, I move you over to uh, uh, to the uh, the uh, the mute, just because it was hard uh, it was hard trying to talk while you were talking. But I got your mic back open. Yes, I uh, asked you a question. Go ahead. Could I ask you this question? What about when you see shows when they showing? Like you were saying, what about I didn't see you as a black man from a rock? Okay, I didn't see you as a white person, but I can have these thoughts where every time you turn on the TV, majority of the time, like catch a clown, you see so many white men going to a house trying to have sex with a baby. When you see when the kids get kidnapped, majority of the time when they show it on TV, it'd be a white person and rape the baby. So how would that make me feel that we feel that all white men love to take advantage of kids because they're innocent and they feel they can control that. So we know for y'all always try to put a group of it, people it down. It does make you feel like that? You say it does I mean, make you well, feel like that? No, I'm just saying, how, how would that look if I felt that way that all white men had an appetite for babies? They like That's what I'm kids. saying. I'm saying you shouldn't, you, you should never but, take a whole group and say, show, this is what the, the whole show group is like. like it, that's what you guys like. Every time you see it on TV and the kid come, every time you see it on TV and the kid come up missing, majority of the time it'd be a white person and a white man. All right. Well, I I don't know that that's true. Uh, well, I'm, but well, even if it I'm were, just keeping it real with you, brother. Don't take even it personally. Even if it, it, no, I'm not taking it personally. I'm just saying, even if it were true, you still can't you can't uh, you can't say that everybody is like that because that's wrong. Because and, well, how would you live their life if you think NBC. that? They did a special on uh, CBS, uh, an atheist chick. She was in two countries, and she was saying the majority of the men go to them poor countries and that want to rape them little 12-year-old Asian babies and them 12-year-old kids. It was English whites and American whites. Well, I I don't know other than... uh then maybe that's who had the money to travel over there. Uh, I can't say. Well, why say. should they go over there and want to have sex with a 12-year-old kid? Don't that sound uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't answer that because I, I can't understand it. But, there, but still the I same, I'm telling you the same and thing is, though, that you can't say that, that every single person, that you see one person, that every it, single person but, is that way. But let me ask you this, sir. Am I the same? 
Like if, if, if you told me you were on, if you told me you were on, on the way to my house, then should I lock my doors and say, honey, there's a guy coming over. Wait, he's going to, uh, to lock he's going to try me, and rob my house. Because there's a lot of white people that do a lot of robbing. You ain't got to lock right. the door for me. But most of the crime going in your community is be white people. Y'all, y'all biggest enemy. So people ain't coming in your neighborhood robbing you. So you know, if you want to think that way, that's on you. Most of the crime no, going I'm against saying, white I don't people think white that people. way. Are you not? Are oh, you not okay. listening to me? I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you back on mute again for a second because you're not listening. You're just talking. Uh, what I'm saying is, is why. Would I think that way? Or would you want me to think that way? Because you're telling me that's the way that you think, that you think that whenever you see a show about something, then all those people are like that. I'm saying that's the wrong way to think. If I watch a show, I don't immediately assume that everybody is that way. Uh, and anybody that does, is their they're thinking is the wrong way because you can't, uh, you can't take one person and in one event, and say that everybody is like that. That's one. That's one of the big. That's one of the reasons that there is so many problems nowadays with uh, with race uh, and everything else, uh, especially especially now. You've got uh, uh, we've got President Obama, who uh, I'm not giving any political views. I mean, I'm just telling you that he is saying that uh, he is the great uniter, and yet every single chance he has had, every single chance he has used it to divide the nation, uh, be it race, divide whites against blacks, divide whites against Hispanics, divide blacks against uh, Hispanics, divide blacks against Jews. He's done every single, every single opportunity he's had. He's tried to get the two groups, uh, whatever two groups it is, to be fighting with each other uh, on race. Why? Well, why? Why would you do that? Uh, everybody nowadays is is of the uh, is getting to this point uh, where they're getting more and more inflamed because they're thinking the way that you're thinking. You don't automatically look at a group of folks and say all those folks are the same way because I can get I can absolutely guarantee you that they're not. Absolutely guarantee you that they're not. Uh, I've come in contact with. A huge number of folks in the when I, in my uh, uh, participation in the Appleseed Project. I can tell you this right now: I have yet to meet somebody in Appleseed, or even one of the folks that coming through it, who was a racist. Or if they were, they kept it to themselves because I never heard a word about it. Uh, because it's also something that is not allowed uh, at Appleseed. If I heard somebody saying a single word that was uh, racist. Or talking down about another group of folks, I would shut the person down. If need be, I'd ask them to leave. Uh, so I, I just have to tell you that. Uh, How do you feel about women's rights? How about, about women's rights? rights? Yes. Well, I, I don't think there's any any difference between the rights that women should have and the rights that men should have. I think it's. Uh, let me ask you this. What do exactly you think about the, what Russ Lemon said about that young lady who going to college to be a lawyer? He called her a prostitute. He called her someone trying to, if you're going to sell your body, make money. All she was talking about, her rights as a woman. And he took it to the next level by calling her a prostitute, by calling her a whore. And if who we, did this? If, if we got Russ Lemon on his show, said, that's all they talking about. did it? No, Russ Lemon. Lemon, whatever his name. 
the, the Superman for conservative, his name Russ, L-I-M-B-A-U-S. I thought you were, I thought you were talking about President Clinton and all of the no, it, the, uh, the rape charges and stuff Russ, that, that they were talking Russ, about. The big fat guy name was stuck on pain pills, and he, in disrespect, caught his students talking about he would like to see all the women who, because uh, they went to the, uh, what mean they went to? But he called that young lady a, a prostitute. He says she want to sell her body. He want to seal. He about all the tapes because he thinks she's a prostitute, and that's disrespect. And I hope she sue him and get a lot of million dollars out of for the. Let me let me ask you this: What about uh, what about the rights of uh, black folks? What about their rights? Like, what do you think about their rights? Got all right. Like, let me just let me ask you a right. question. Let me ask you a question about that. Let me say. Uh, Say there was a guy that uh, that wanted to be a I don't know be a senator or something like that, and uh, and he didn't think and it was a black guy he didn't think the way that you thought he should think. Do you think it would be okay to to uh, have a group of your friends waiting for him and when he came out of his office to be screaming at him and throwing Oreos at him and calling him an Oreo? Would that be okay? No. Well, that that's what happens. Wrong. That's what happens. What I'm telling you, and look, I don't want to. I don't want to. If you got some other questions or something that that are legitimate, and I'm not saying what you have are not legitimate. I'm just saying it's not. It doesn't really fall into the talk of the radio show. But the 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 talk about politics and stuff like that—that's something we try and stay away from because we don't want to get involved in politics. And if you came to an apple seed, listen, I I don't know where you're at. I'd be glad to invite you to one. Listen, hold what on. About hold on before you, you split it up the country. How did Obama split it up? Hold on just a second. I'm going to put you on mute here so I can get a few words in edgewise. Uh, I don't know where you're from or where, you're, where you live at and stuff like that, but I would be glad to uh, to invite you to participate at an apple seed, and I would even be uh, be willing to pay for your participation myself. So think about that. If you'd like to come to an apple seed and uh, and learn to shoot, learn how to safely shoot, learn about the history of uh, America, then I'd love for you to come. I'd love to uh, to have you come and and see that uh, that all the people on the firing line there aren't a bunch of uh, paranoid folks who are clutching to their guns and Bibles. It's just regular folks. It's folks that you would actually wouldn't mind having over to your house for dinner. Uh, I wouldn't mind having you over to my house for dinner. I wouldn't want to spend a whole lot more time talking about politics because, personally, I feel that almost all politicians are pretty much uh, rats or criminals, and uh, uh, and I'm not happy with anything any of them do. But uh, I wouldn't mind having you over to the house for dinner and, uh, and talking about apple seed. I'm going to open your mic back up, and then you can tell me whether or not you want to, uh, if you'd like to go and to an apple seed. Okay. Would you like, oh, to, yeah, would you like to go to an apple seed? Do they have one in Denver, Colorado? I, I know we have one up in Colorado because I just got through uh, doing the uh, the uh, uh, well, Colorado with uh, the folks from Colorado. All right. Well, then I'll tell you what. Uh, let's see. How can we do this? Uh, let me just give you my uh, uh, my uh, let's see info. Hold on just a second. Let me let me get the right email address okay. for you so you can send it to me. Can you send me uh-huh. uh, a, a uh, the uh, send me an email 
and I'll get it set up so that you can attend NAPSEED free. And uh, if you don't have a rifle, we can even supply you with a rifle. <laughs> okay. I mean, we just we just have uh, we have rifles so that if if somebody wants to come and they want to learn how to shoot, but they don't want to to go out and buy a rifle, then y'all won't hunt me with. I won't be. I won't be like the. Someone you guys will start shooting with. Then you no, a mistake. No. If I'm that's why I tell you, that's I want you to go because I want you to go because that's in your mind. I, I know you really think this, and I know a lot of people think this. Listen, I've, I've looked at all the different websites on uh, the folks well, the one website where they were talking about how uh, Appleseed was teaching people how to shoot gays and lesbians. And uh, uh-huh. i got to tell you that we have a lot of gays and lesbians in the program. We have a lot of oh. uh, folks that are Hispanic, that are black, that are Asian, that are Russian, that are Colombian, you name it. The, oh, the okay. project doesn't belong to one group of people. We, it's like the Constitution. The Constitution does oh. not belong to well, the any part, political is party. About different people. It belongs it's to about the people. people. Hey, let me ask That's you this. why I love America, because it, it ain't me, just me, for one group of people. Let me ask you this. Uh, back in the 60s, uh, or even actually before that, back in, say, in the, the early 50s and stuff, <laughs> you remember why a lot of the uh, the violence against blacks stopped happening? Because yeah. they had guns. That's why. And I would think that you would want to make sure that it was legal for everybody to have a privately owned firearm. What if what if the I don't people have, I don't people have that you, well, then I don't what have no, you saying earlier? You said why are you said why what are I was saying earlier so that we need if you have guns then you I just hate the idea a lot of kids can go to their parents' house and grab them guns and go to school and start shooting up people. It's okay to have guns. You got to protect yourself. I'm not against that. But it's just the idea if you have guns, I think they should be Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There are laws that cover that right see. now. If that if that kid that went to school and he shot some other kids by getting a firearm uh, that wasn't locked up or that wasn't that was accessible to him, I can guarantee you they're going to file on whoever owned the gun. If it was his grandparents, they're going to file on them. They may go to jail for that. There's already a law in place that covers that. That's my biggest thing, because, see, guns just ain't killing school kids. I'm a black guy, and I see how they kill them black people in the black community because they're so out of control because they're so easy to get. We need more Absolutely. control because they're too easy to get. I'm not saying don't have a gun. Look, I'm from Mississippi. We used to hunt everything we ate. We go hunt deals. We hunt rabbits. I ain't got nothing against none of that because I like that kind of food. My thing is we just need a little controlling. How like that guy went out there and shot that lady in her head and she was a connoisseur. I'm just so I'm just so sick and tired. People ain't being more careful with their gun. Too many I, I guns. Think, I, I agree here. with you. I agree with you. I think that everybody is, and I think that one of the places it starts is with education, and that's what we do. Whenever we, when you come to an apple seed, you'll see it's not, uh, we're not sitting there beating on drums and yelling at people, let's shoot somebody. It's absolute opposite. We're teaching folks, here's a way that you handle a firearm. A firearm is a very, very serious piece of equipment, and you should never, ever point it at anybody. 
and this is the way that you safely can handle it, the way you safely carry it. Uh, it, it it's it's because a completely different thing, I think, than what in you... America. That's making us look like a, a weak country. It's too much killing going unnecessary killing with guns. You don't hear this in a lot of other different states, I mean other countries. But for us to be the greatest country in the world, and we can't control this killing that taking over communities, well, you, you, you taking see, over schools. That's where you're wrong. You, there is a lot of killing going on in other countries, but here's how it, here's how it works. It's the government killing its own citizens. And the citizens can't do anything about it because they don't have any guns. And the government right. kills them. And I'm just saying that that's one of the reasons that our founding fathers, that they put it into the Constitution that we should have the right to own firearms. Because uh, at the end of the day, uh, if it's you for go the defense that of yourself and your family. It's you not for shooting at anybody else. Government, you going to jail. We can't go in war with our government because we ain't going to win. I don't care how many right. guns you got, you can't win. So you You're know, absolutely right. So if you so go and try me, to pull up got, a gun with the cops, you getting shot or you gonna get killed. Yeah, and you so should. we can't go. If against, you try and if huh? you try and do that, you should get shot. So you know, I, I completely you agree people, with that. You saying hey, that people over there? Uh huh. Listen, I'm gonna give you this the uh, this email address, okay? Okay. So that you can you send me an email. I'll get it set up okay. so that you can go to a uh, an event, uh, and I'll pay for it. It's at uh, capital T, capital X. Uh huh. At, at Appleseed Info. Apple all one word, Apple. lowercase. It's one word. Yeah, A P P L E S E E D I N F O. Okay. Org. O R G. Okay. Yeah, you send that. You send that an email to me on that address, and I'll get it set up for you to a uh, to a uh, to attend the event here in Colorado. All right. Well, I appreciate that, and I want to listen I, to your show after after this right. conversation because I had a good time. Well, oh. good. Why don't you Why don't you listen to it uh, next week, next Thursday? How did you hear about the show? How did you know it was on? Well, I saw the I saw your picture of the gun, so I was like, okay, and after I. Because you know, I was thinking about the kids in Ohio, and I'm like, okay, here go another. And then I can where, you guys where, where do you see it at? On, uh, on, on Facebook or Twitter? I saw it on Blog Talk Radio. Oh, on Blog Talk, Blog Talk oh, Radio. Okay. All right. So I just well, listen, to listen, call to it next, listen to it next Thursday. And, uh, uh, and, and don't hang up tonight. You can finish listening. We're going to talk about tonight. We're going uh, to talk about. About setting yourself goals, you know, setting small goals and then uh, achieving them, and how to build yourself up to be the master of the universe, and that's your own specific okay. universe. All right, okay. what's your name? What's your first name? They called me Mr. Colorado, but my name is Craig. Mr. Colorado? All right, I'm, yeah. I'm Scout, and uh, it was nice right, talking Mr. to you, Scout. and I look forward nice to, uh, to to seeing you next uh, Thursday, all right? Okay, thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Dale from Ohio uh, who would like to talk. Dale, welcome to the show. Hello, uh, Scout, this is Dale. Um, let me commend you for your, you were very gracious with the previous caller, and uh, I think you made uh, the best of a difficult situation, and uh, I think extending the Apple Yeah, but you heard, you heard him at the end. 
he, he had some stuff he wanted to get off his chest, and I don't blame him. I mean, the whole point of yeah. being able to talk to a lot of people is to get some stuff off your chest. But uh, I think one of the things that it shows is that is that if you don't automatically go for the rock and start throwing rocks at each other, then after a few minutes of of talking, then you're you're down to the fact that you know what. Uh, regardless of what I saw on TV, or regardless of what anybody has yelled at me out of a bullhorn or whispered in my ear, I'm sitting across the table from you talking to you, and my opinion is, is that you're a good man, and so uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge you on what somebody else has tried to tell me to judge you from. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to what you have to say, and then I'll make my own decisions. And that's what I did with uh, Mr. Colorado. And i got to tell you, I, I still don't feel that he's a – I think he's a good guy. I think that he's genuinely concerned about violence as in the nation, and, and we all are. Uh, I told him, and I'm sure, that, uh, I'm sure that you would have the same thing to say, and that is that no one, no one I know wants anybody to shoot anybody. So uh, – so the violence that's in the schools, the violence in our streets, uh, nobody wants that to happen. I'm right with you. Um, I think that uh, a fellow like Craig from Colorado, um, once he comes to an Apple Street event, he's really going to uh, pick up really, really quick on, on the points you were making. And uh, if he does come and does take you up on the offer, I think he'll have a hoot of a time. And, um, you know, he might be able to change some perceptions you know, amongst the people that he rubs elbows with. So that sounds well, like we a great thing. Well, uh, we had some guys a couple of years ago that, uh, that uh, well, we, you know, we had, like I said, like I was telling Mr. Colorado, we had folks of, of all colors coming in the program since day one, since it started. And uh, But then a couple of years ago, I started hearing stuff from different websites saying that uh, that Appleseed was uh, – uh, that it was teaching or teach preaching hate and stuff like that, and I was thinking, oh no, you know, what are, how what are we going to do about this? And uh, uh, they had this family of folks that came, and uh, they were black. And like I said, it's it's not unusual to see folks uh, of all races and nationalities at an apple seed. Anyway, I asked them, I go, look, would you guys mind if I uh, took a photo of you guys and put it up on the website? And they said, no, no, not at all. They said, why? I said, well, because we're starting to get people preaching that, uh, you know, we're teaching folks to, uh, to hate and everything else. And I, I just like to, I just like to show them that, that you guys came to the event and, and you safely, uh, shot and you learned here and they started laughing. They said, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, you know, it, if you listen, if you're not careful, listen, I'm, it can happen to anybody, not just Mr. Colorado. It can happen to anybody. Anybody can have something whispered in their ear. And and depending on how you were raised, then uh, you may or may not believe it. And even if you don't believe it, the problem with stuff being whispered in your ear is that now it's in your head, and there's no way to erase something that you've heard. It's it's in there floating around. If somebody said whispers in your your head, oh listen, uh, all of these folks are this way and they're bad, then then until you've met every single person. Uh, in that group, then how do you know it's not true? Maybe you've only met a couple of the good ones. Maybe the rest of them are really are uh, evil animals, like it says they are. How do you know? You don't know. Uh, but 
that's one of the reasons that you can, that you cannot allow yourself to become involved in in prejudice, which is prejudging folks. I mean, it's looking at a group and saying, because I've met one or two people this way, or because I've heard a story of this or that, I'm going to color them all a certain way. I'm going to just say that they're all this way or that way. You, you just you, you can't do that. You can't let yourself fall into that trap. And I think that we have plenty of examples of both from both uh, from both ways of folks. Uh, I was watching a show the other day about this guy in the KKK, and oh my gosh, the stuff that he said when he was younger was just unfit to unfit to for anything. And uh, and he ended up uh, getting crippled somehow. And I think he may have been starting to die. Anyway, he just he, he finally had a, a realization that that the life that he was living and and the the thoughts that he had were wrong. And he ended up uh, uh, I think he ended up being homeless and sick. You know, he was taken in by a black family, and uh, and he ended up living with them till he died, and and he couldn't have been more. Uh, you know, uh, there is no way that uh, that any kind of prejudice, any kind of uh, racism, anything like that, is ever going to be good for anyone. That's the exact thing that. Uh, that allows you to to commit crimes and feel like you're doing uh, good in the commission of the crimes. Uh, did you have anything else that you wanted to to get out, Dale? I'm sitting here just talking, but uh, you can if you had something you want to say. What you got? Yeah, I got my two-year-old in the background. He's doing nuts. Um, the main reason I'm calling was um, I just wanted to I, – I've been catching your show on and off for about a year. went to my first apple seed last year and, you know, pursuing the patch, you know, once the weather breaks here. Um, but you always open the show with that introductory, you kind of tell what the project is about and you encourage folks who are thinking about taking the project, you know, just getting out and doing it and setting the date and then think about it later. Um, right, right. I just wanted to, just wanted to address the, um, the folks, you know, like me who've already been to the Appleseed event and, you know, you know what's it about is, is seven-stepping. And there's that stranger that you know um, that we all know, and that is you've addressed it before. You know, it's your neighbor. You didn't talk to him. <laughs> you know, he's a swell guy. Um, so I just want to encourage you know the folks that are out there that are, are you know pursuing their path or have been in Appleseed before. Step up and, and do the seven step, and you know make the long walk over 30 feet over your neighbor's door, and invite him to an event. And that you know just kind of like saying. Uh, where you said, you know, sign up for the event if you haven't tried it yet. Well, now now just time to get over there, knock on the door, and, uh, you know, have him over for dinner, whatever you're going to do, and then, then get him out to that event and, and do that next step. Because that's where the, the benefit of the program is. It's the seven step. Are you telling me that you're telling me this because you just did it, right? Yeah, I... I uh, <laughs> Actually, I did it. Um, there was a where I live up here in Ohio. You know, we get cold. <laughs> um, there was a an event that was going to happen right at the end of the season, the, the last event of the year. And my, uh, my neighbor did went out. He said he would go. Uh, but then now I'm going to hold that offer. There's a next month as the first of the year. 
Appleseed event will be out last year. And so, yeah, I will re-invite him as, as I did before. Um, but, yeah, that's the long story short. <laughs> so keep it up, and uh, I guess that I get going to my uh, zero here in front of the back. But well, that's what, uh, that's what the show was basically about tonight. When, I, when I'm asking you the question, I'm saying, do you want to become the master of the universe? Uh, you know, obviously, I'm not asking you if you want to uh, to rule Earth and the moon and the sun and Saturn and Jupiter, et cetera, and, and uh, you know, planet uh, X70213. Uh, what I'm telling you is is that that when people uh, look at the mission of Appleseed, and they think, uh, wow, that's a that's a great mission, you know, but it's it's really too huge, you know, to uh to try and save the nation is really too huge a thing and uh, I'm gonna have to take a pass on that because oh my gosh, you know, I, I'm not even ready to mow my lawn, let alone uh save the nation, you know. That's a little bit too much. And what I wanna tell folks is that <clears throat> It's no different than when they come to an apple seed, or actually, it's no different than even before they come to an apple seed. Like you were talking about earlier, because you mentioned that, and that is when you're looking at the the dates and locations. First of all, you have to overcome the first hurdle, which is going to an apple seed. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, look, they got one at so and so, and they've got one in uh, uh, here in Iowa uh, next week." But then I see oh, there's one. Uh, there's one about a month later, uh, you know, in another place in Iowa there, and another one uh, down the road. So at some point I'll probably go to an apple seed. But since there's a lot of them, then, uh, you know, there, there's no real rush. And and that is a problem because that's a problem with anything that you do in your life. You know, as I, as I usually tell folks that a lot of people's lives are are made up of or they're dragging around this like a, a Superman cape. They're dragging around a long Superman cape on them of things that they wish they would have done, things that they wish they would have done, they could have done, and it's like this heavy burden that you're dragging with you, uh, this this long list of things that you know you need to do and you, you wish you would have done it when you had the chance and on and on. And, and I tell them, don't let Appleseed be one of those. Uh, when you look at the dates or the locations for an event, go ahead and select one. And say, look, this is it. I'm, out and I'm taking the plunge. I'm going to do something. I'm not going to talk about doing something. Uh, I'm going to do it. That's the way that things get done. Uh, I'm going to do that. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do it. And you select an event and you attend it. <laughs> you know, if you've been to an apple seed, then you've probably heard uh, the instructor tell you, I hope you have, that by the end of the day, Saturday, you know, you've all day long Saturday. You've been learning the skills and techniques needed to uh, to safely and efficiently uh, operate your rifle and to to shoot like a rifle. But at some point on the day on Saturday, what I finally tell people, I go, look, you guys, you all know this. You all have it down. Now, what I want you to do is stop thinking about shooting and just shoot. You know what to do now. So stop thinking about it and just shoot. And when people do that, and sometimes I have to, I'll have to nudge them into it by making them fire at a uh, an accelerated rate, because then they don't have time to think about uh, a bunch of stuff except shooting. 
then their groups will start pulling down and start getting tighter and tighter. That's because they're not thinking about what they're going to do. They're doing it. The same thing with you. When you when you are ready to attend an Appleseed event, the only way to be ready is just to find an event and go. That's that's the way you get ready for it. You don't need any preparation. You don't need to do any kind of practice. A lot of people say, I'll, I'll come to an event once I've, once I've gone to the range and shot a bit so that I don't embarrass myself. Listen, there, there, there's, there's no competition at an apple seed. Nobody's going to be looking at you shooting or going down to your target and looking at your target, but you, well, I am the instructors. If you're here at my range, I'm going to go down and look at it. But I, I expect you to come to an apple seed with no skills or all the skills in the world, uh, in, in anywhere in between. So you don't have to do a whole lot of preparation. Uh, you just need to come to an event. <clears throat> so the first hurdle is getting to an event. And then after, once you've decided to come to an event, you set yourself up with you just by the by the fact that you're that you're coming to an event. You have set yourself a goal of improving your rifle marksmanship. Because why else would you go, right? You're going to a rifle marksmanship event in order to improve your abilities, your skills, your techniques as a rifleman. So you're going to come to an event, and you're going to improve your rifle marksmanship abilities. So there you go. You set yourself a goal of improving your marksmanship abilities, and then you came, and you met, and and, and almost, uh, I'd say at least 90% of the time, minimally, you've exceeded the goals that you set for yourself. You come to the event, and you've shot, by the end of the event, you're shooting a lot better than you probably ever thought you were going to shoot. So you've met those goals, you've exceeded them, and that's the first bite that you take in becoming the master of the universe. You set yourself a goal, you've met that goal, exceeded it, you've chewed it up, you've swallowed it, and now you're ready for another bite. And what is that bite going to be? What we'll tell you there at the event is that we want you to become an instructor. We want you to continue on. We want you to shoot to rifleman standards, be able to shoot into put 10 rounds into a four-minute of arc square from 82 feet in 60 seconds and get your rifleman's patch. And then we want you to become an instructor. We want you to, to pass on that knowledge that you have for those skills and techniques to other folks. Appleseed is an all-volunteer, grassroots, uh, not-for-profit organization, and the only way it keeps running is because folks just like you and everybody else, they came to an event and they said, you know what, this is a way that I can help because this is not about shooting. This isn't about fear. This isn't about anger. There's no politics whatsoever involved in Appleseed. It's about the fact that shooting is a part of our heritage. It's part of our culture. It's one of our constitutionally guaranteed rights. It's not a right that's given to us by the Constitution, but it's a right that the Constitution guarantees. And and I want to help people like myself understand this. I want to help folks like myself understand that the president is not the government, that the senators and the congressmen, whoever they may be, whatever their political affiliation may be, they're not the government. That the government are the folks right here today that I see standing on either side of me, 
these people, no matter what color they are, no matter what gender they are, no matter what race or national origin they are, if they're American citizens, then they are the government. That's what we want folks to do, and that's what we want folks to understand. And we want folks to become part of this organization that is helping folks to, to wake up and understand this. Now, that's just that's just the very base bottom line, though, of of what we're trying to do. Because Appleseed, uh, oven by itself, is is not the answer. Uh, it's certainly not the complete answer, uh, but it's a place to get started, and that's what we want you, we want folks to do: come to an Appleseed and get started. From an Appleseed. You can go into becoming instructor. You can understand that there are a lot of organizations out there that need your help. And and it can be any organization you want it to be. If you want to uh, become part of the Tenth Amendment group, then that's what we want you to be. And we'll help you get in, get get started in that direction. Uh, if you want to uh, to become the head of your local Democratic Party, and we want you to do that. We want you to do whatever your heart tells you that you should be doing. But we also want you to understand that regardless of of what political affiliation you are or anything else, you still have a sacred responsibility to be involved. And that doesn't mean uh, to be involved by yelling at the TV or yelling at people in the street. What it means is you have a responsibility to be involved and be making sure that the the representatives of the government you realize I don't I'm not saying the government is doing what you're what they're supposed to be doing because like I said the government is you. But the representatives who are supposed to be representing you, the senators, the congressmen uh, in your state and nationally, the president, the governor, that they are doing what you have asked them to do, the things that you know are right. Uh, I don't care what the government says. Uh, when I talk about the government, I'm talking about uh, – I don't mean to interpose it. The, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, what we call the government. Uh, we don't want uh, we don't want uh, we don't want you to delegate all your responsibilities uh, all the uh, all these responsibilities of running the nation to someone else. That means uh, I think that each and every one of you would agree that you yourself know better how to spend your own money. You know better what you should or be should, shouldn't be doing in your lives than the government does, all right? And because you know this, it's your responsibility to let your representatives know, all right? That means you have to speak to them. You have to talk to them. You have to uh, call them on the telephone. You have to write them emails. You have to send them letters so that they know what they're supposed to be doing. I'll, I'll give... All of our representatives the benefit of the doubt and say that uh, that maybe they're doing the sorry job that they are doing because they don't know any better. 
right? Maybe that's why it is. Maybe they're voting themselves these uh, these golf junkets and these uh, these permanent uh, pensions and gold-plated medical uh, uh, policies. Maybe they're doing that because they don't know that they're not supposed to be doing that. Uh, so maybe they're just doing it by accident. Well, okay, uh, that's fine. So let me call them, let me tell them, and let them know that what they're doing is wrong. All right? Let me do that first. And if I do that and I don't get a response, uh, or if I don't get the response that I feel is right, then let me do, let me go on to the next step. And that next step could be either uh, voting against them in the next election all the way to finding another candidate or if need be, putting your name in the ballot box as a candidate so that you can run against them and you can get uh, you can get the things done that you feel need to be done. When I say that you are the government, that's what I'm talking about. It requires uh, your participation for it to work correctly. Right now, everybody is just handing it off to the folks in Washington. And the folks in Washington... Uh, they could care less, uh, I think, for the most part, about what is happening to any of the rest of the folks. And for the most part, what they want is they want the rest of us. They want the uh, Democrats to be hating the Republicans so much that they won't even talk to them. And they want the Republicans to be hating the Democrats so they won't talk to them. They want the whites and the Hispanics, and the blacks, and the Asians, to all hate each other, but they won't talk to each other. And you know why? Because if all of us get together and we start talking to each other, then we're all going to come to the same conclusion, and that is that there is a uh, a busload of criminals that are currently uh, living out their lives as career politicians, and they'll need to be removed. So uh, it's to their benefit if we're throwing rocks at each other and hitting each other in the eye and and everything else. It's to their benefit if we're doing this. Uh, all right, uh, Dale, go ahead and give me give me your opinion. Let's go. Uh, well said. That that sums up uh, American politics. Uh, that sums up. Pick your favorite euphemism there: the, the powers that be, the establishment. <laughs> You've also. Uh, Surmise well the entire project, the process. Um, man, there's nothing more I can say except for I know you guys like to get online or on on air congratulations, and that would be one to one shoot boss um, poster boy. You're up up here in Ohio. He zips all over the state, hosting events, um, and he does an excellent job. One thing I really really appreciate about, about poster boy is. Um, the way he, you know, the proper terminology, but it is tells the story of April 19th, 1775. Um, I've been to just the two shoots, and he's been at both. One, he, he told the story, and one, he was kind of uh, training uh, uh, a red hat, I believe, or, well, you know, uh-huh. the proper t- terminology is, you know, in order to tell the story, he was coaching him. Um but man, you know when when he told it at the first episode I was at Poster Boy told the story. Man, you know, two hundred year time work, you know, for those those fifteen or twenty minute sessions where 
you know, we break between shooting and, you know, grab a sandwich or whatever. So um, it's, I tell you what, you know, as you said. And that's you know, Poster Boy in Ohio? Yes. Um, those uh, those instructors, those shoot bosses that, as you said, they don't get paid a dime, and they are worth every penny, I tell you what. <laughs> so, um, Absolutely. And I believe I... I believe I spoke to Poster Boy early on in the program. Uh, well, I say early on, maybe a couple of years ago, I think I spoke to him. I don't remember if it was on the phone or by emails. <clears throat> but he seemed like a, a genuinely good man. And you're right. The, the folks that are running these events, uh, the shoot bosses and uh, the uh, uh, the other red hats, the other instructors and training, they are. They're all volunteers. They're all there. On, usually uh, the, almost every one of them has something else they can be doing. Nobody's at an Appleseed event because they didn't have anything else to do. They're there because they thought it was uh, a viable enough program that they're going to devote their time to it, and especially a shoot boss. Shoot bosses at Appleseed uh, are strongly encouraged. Uh, I'm not going to say we're ordering anybody, but we're, they're strongly encouraged to do 12 events a year. Now, that's a lot of your weekends. There's uh mm-hmm. what 50 52 weekends in a uh in a, a year? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Isn't it? 52 weekends in a year? Yeah. Uh and uh, and 12 is a pretty good uh, number of those. So, all of the folks that are doing this are doing this because because they think it's important and and I'm, I'm I'm sure if you're calling in, I'm sure that that came across when you were listening to Poster Boy talk about what the folks who got together on April 19, 1775, about what they went through and the reasons they went through it. I'm sure that that you felt that he thought it was important, didn't you? Oh, yeah. He was, as you say, passionate. That would be an understatement. Right, because. You know, most of the Apple C instructors know that that that's important that they convey uh, in their stories that if you feel this is an important story that you're telling, that that you convey that to the people that are listening. Because if you don't think it's important, I guarantee you the people that are listening are not going to think it's important. And and it is important. And I'll tell you that uh, all of the folks who sacrifice their lives and their health and their fortunes uh, during the American Revolutionary War, I, I, I can almost guarantee you that, yeah, that if they knew that at some point in the future that folks were going to say, well, yeah, whatever, I don't know, that was a long time ago, it doesn't mean anything to me, uh, uh, I... I I don't know that they would that they would have done it because the folks back then they 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 weren't from the same society the same culture that we are today they weren't in the me culture they weren't in the I society they were doing the things that they were doing for those who came after for their kids for their grandkids for their great-grandkids for the millions of Americans who they would never meet. That's who they were doing it for. And and I feel that we owe them the at least the debt of listening 
to their sacrifice and honoring their memory by telling the story of what they did and uh, and having the folks who are attending, having them listen to it and hear it, hear about uh, the way that Isaac Davis uh, died at the head of his unit and hear about uh, Captain Parker, who as sick as he was, he was dying uh, from tuberculosis. As sick as he was, he was still there in the middle of the night mustering his men on the green at Lexington. And he was going to die, I believe, just a, a few months later. But he was still there that that night, that morning, standing there, uh, ready to defend the rights and the freedoms of what would become the nation of America. And why? For him? Why? Why would he need it? He was dying. He knew he was dying. Why would he need it? He he knew he didn't need it. It was for those who would come after him. That's one of the things, one of the ideas, one of the concepts that we've lost in this nation. I won't say that we've lost it because you'll find it at every apple seed. But for the majority of Americans, they've lost that understanding that the things that we do shouldn't just be for us. The things that we do, we should be doing in order to preserve our union, to preserve our nation, to preserve the union between uh, our fellow citizens, between our states and the nation. That's why we should we should be doing this. That's why we should be uh, providing the proper uh, care and maintenance to the nation. And so that when we pass this nation on to those who come after, that we're passing on to them a viable a viable nation. We're not giving them a, a nation that has uh, four flat tires and a busted block and a dead battery and and the uh, the interior ceiling lining the is uh, hanging down and the windows are broken. We're supposed to be handing this nation off in better shape than we got it. That's what our responsibility is. Well said. <laughs> well, Dale, I, what I want to tell you is that I think that you're that what you said at the beginning is absolutely right, and that's that is one of the whole ideas behind the what I was talking about tonight, and that is becoming the master of the universe, and that is once folks have come and they've set themselves a goal, uh, coming to an LC and improving their rifle marksmanship, and they meet and exceed that goal. Then perhaps they could become they they go on to become an instructor, or even if they don't, they go on to do something else. And then make sure that you that your that your schedule that the line stretching away into your future is a line that is graduated in goals. That you have these goals that you're going to to meet and exceed. And one of them you can do is, uh, is like you said, is seven-stepping. And I, like I said, I, I know that when people hear about saving the nation, it sounds like a huge thing. But, and it is a huge thing. I mean, it is. But you don't have to, you don't have to grab your sword and try and save the nation all at once, like, like He-Man of the universe. Uh, what you do is is you take a step off that front porch like you did. You walk next door and you talk to your neighbor. And like you said, you 
you talk to them about about the nation. First, and you don't even have to start that big. First, you talk about your community. How's it going? <clears throat> How are things here in the community? You got any? Have you had any problems? Is there something we can do to fix those problems? Uh, I'm in Appleseed uh, for uh, to become an instructor of rifle marksmanship uh, to learn about uh, the heritage of this nation. How about if you come to an event and and uh, and learn how to safely and competently handle a firearm. Uh, and if they tell you, well, I, I already know how to shoot, then you say, well, look, if you know how to shoot, then come to an event and uh, shoot the rifle standards and then become an instructor because we need people like you. We need people that know how to shoot. And that's part of your seventh step. Now, <clears throat> just like uh, the Appleseed, the Johnny Appleseed analogy, not every seed you throw out is going to grow. Some are, but some are going to fall in barren ground. If the guy tells you, no way, I hate guns, I hate you for even talking about guns, get out of my house, then uh, then you say thanks. And if there's anything I can do for you, you know, uh, you need me to watch your house or, uh, you know, whatever, then uh, just give me a call because I'm still your neighbor and I still want to... Uh, I still want things to work out for us and for the community, et cetera. And you go on to the next person, and you talk to them. And, yeah, there's going to be folks. The majority of folks are going to either say no or they're going to have something else to do and blah, blah, blah. And uh, at first it's going to be a little bit painful, but pretty soon your your skin will get a little bit thicker, and you'll realize that it's no different than if you're asking somebody to go bowling uh, other than the – uh, then the results down the road are going to be a lot different. <laughs> but not everybody's going to want to go. But some people will. And once you, when the when the the people that say, you know what, I, I've heard about apple seed, but I, I really didn't know anything else about it. You talk to them about it, they say, you know what, I'm going to go. When's the next one? You get them signed up, and guess what, man? That's a good feeling. Is that that you've you've made another, you set another goal. And then you've met and exceeded that goal. My goal was to talk somebody else into uh, attending an Appleseed Rise Marksmanship event. And then you met and exceeded that goal. So just because some people say no uh, in the beginning uh, does not by any means mean that everybody's going to say no. It just means some people are going to say no. That's all it means. And you don't dwell on those. You uh, You keep... Uh, you know, you can uh, like keep a little logbook, and when and if and uh, and if things do go bad before they get better, then you can uh, you can put a little notation by their name so that you can visit each one and go, how do you like the country now? Uh, <laughs> if you're if you're into that kind of thing, uh, but the best thing to do is just completely forget about those folks, not forever, but just for six months, and then in six months come to them again and say, hey. Uh, I know we talked about this about six months ago. Well, let me ask you again. You feel like uh, going to an Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship event, and uh, you know what? They may uh, they may have changed their mind because things never stay the same. One thing that's guaranteed is things never stay the same. So, uh, so that there's a good chance that uh, that they may change their mind, or you'll find somebody else. Anyway. Uh, every time that you 
that you meet and exceed your goals, then you make yourself that much stronger. You make yourself that much more uh, of a master of the universe. And and with each victory, you learn a little bit more about yourself. And with each victory, you get stronger, smarter, faster, uh, like the $6 million man, all right? And with enough victories, uh, you will become the master of your universe. Like I said, I'm not talking about everybody else's universe. I'm talking about your universe. You will become the master of your universe. And that's pretty much what we all want to do anyway, right? We want to become the masters of our universe. When I say the masters of our universe, I'm not talking about uh, the uh, a dictator or a uh, uh, you know a uh, some kind of a ruler or something. What I'm talking about is is being satisfied uh, in your heart that you have done the things that you needed to do to make your individual, your personal universe right. And uh, and that's really an important thing to do, an important thing to feel is on your baseline heart level is that you've done the things that you needed to do to make your universe right. Well, you got anything else that uh, you would like to uh, slam in there, Dale? Yeah, just to say that uh, I make it my personal mission to, to wake up folks from their beer and football-induced comas as best as I can, and then uh, by the power of grace, all I wish you good evening and good night. Thanks, Dale. Listen, <laughs> call it again and uh, and let me know how how things are going and uh, and any new stuff that you figure out. And when you go up to your next uh, uh, apple seed. Uh, be sure and call and let me in, uh, let me know how it went, okay? It'll be last weekend in April. It's uh, I'm, it's in pencil on my calendar. I haven't booked it yet, but of course I will. All right. <laughs> well, thanks. All right. Listen, Dale. God bless you. God bless those kids I heard running around in there. And, uh, yeah, and take care. And be sure and call in and let me know what you uh, what you find out about your universe along the way. All right. Thanks. Good evening, Scout. All right. Bye bye. <laughs> All right. Uh, the 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 show is taking a little bit different direction than I was planning on, but hey, uh, that's good. All right, now we told you that we would we would be talking about uh, uh, the uh, the health and uh, medicine and sickness and disease and injuries and wounds and stuff. Because that's a uh, that was a a very important part of the American Revolutionary War. Because if you were to look at the uh, the actual data from the killed and injured in the American Revolutionary War, what you find out is that the that that actually fighting fighting in a in a war in the American Revolutionary War uh did not carry uh, nearly as much risk of death uh as say being a prisoner or or uh or contracting some disease from your 
from being in a uh, in a camp. That was uh, ten to twenty five times more dangerous than fighting in a battle. The folks, the the killed in the in uh, in action numbers uh, were actually very uh, very small compared to the deaths of all others. Uh, we got one more guy who's uh, who was on the phone, and let's see, we got one more caller, and and wants to talk. We'll take him before we get. Uh, Solidly into this, we'll take this guy El Tejano. Yes, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, is this guy? Yes, it is. Hey, guy. Uh, I don't know if How you remember you me. I'll just find. I don't know if you remember me or not. I'm over here in Fredericksburg. Uh. Okay, I'm trying to think. Uh, you probably want to say your name over the air. But I don't know if there was your name El Tejano when we met. Yes. Well, no, no. That's that's my uh, that's my uh, 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 handle for Appleseed. I'm an IIT two. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, yeah, I think I do remember you. Sometimes it's hard yeah. because uh, I, I've got uh, I've got several thousand folks their names, and then I've got uh, maybe uh, two or three hundred of those that also. Have four names, and, uh, yeah. and sometimes oh, it gets a little bit confusing. Yeah. I told you, I don't know if I told you, but I've, I've, there have been several times at at apple seeds or other events where I've come up to people and they said, "Hi, hey, I'm so and so. I'm Mr. So and So." And I shake their hand. I go, well, "Nice to meet you, sir." And Man, then uh, I see a look in their face, and they're like, they've got this pained look in their face, and I'm like, "Oh no, what what did I do?" And then I realize that they're like they're so and so you know, from the forum, and I'm like, I didn't know that. Yeah, I've been talking to this person for three years, but I didn't know that their their real name was such and such. So, yeah. well, anyway, welcome to the show, Mr. Tejano, and uh, and uh, how are things going in Fredericksburg? That's one of my favorite uh, venues to go to, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. I was uh, I was here, uh, uh, I went to the first episode you did here, and I'm just kind of calling to uh, let Mr., uh, was Colorado Craig there know that uh, he was kind of laughing when you talked about that if you you had Hispanics and blacks and you know a lot of other ethnics there so I'm kind of calling in to let him know that hey uh, here I am you know <laughs> well, well yeah. That. yeah because uh, well it's just like I was saying you know they, if somebody hasn't been to an apple then they don't know they don't know yeah. because I've never fact, I was talking to a lady. Uh, this last week about that. Now I had met her uh, at a uh, convention, and uh, there's a wonderful uh, uh, black woman, her and her husband, and uh, I was talking to her about that. That you know, a lot of folks they think that when they hear about white folks and guns, then first thing they want to think about is, oh man, whatever. Let's stay away from that because that's got obviously nothing good can come of that. But that's not who we are. I mean, it's not. We're just, we are open to everyone because everybody in this nation, every citizen in this nation is protected by the, and owns the Constitution. And it's the job of every single one of us. I don't care what your race is or your gender or, or whatever your nation of origin was before you became a citizen. Once you're a citizen, it doesn't matter. Once you're a citizen, your job is to make sure 
that the freedoms and liberties uh, that uh, that are ours by virtue of being citizens, uh, uh, it's our responsibility to safeguard them. And I'm sure that you can. Uh, I'm trying to think of who all was at the the Fredericksburg event, that first one. I know that there were plenty of Hispanics. I don't know. Uh, I don't remember if there were any blacks, but I know that there were plenty of Hispanics. Yeah, I was the only one. <laughs> oh, were you? Uh, yeah, I, I still got like a sore thumb in the in the photo. Yeah, <laughs> I was right in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this then: you didn't at, at no time did you feel like uh, you were uh, uh, under any uh, uh, threat or anything, right? <laughs> Oh, no, no, I didn't think you guys were going to go hunting me, no, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't ready to run, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what, he, that's what, Jim, that's what uh, Colorado said, was it? He said, you guys aren't going to start hunting me, are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I felt completely safe, and it, I had a great time. Uh, uh, I didn't get my patch the first time, but uh, uh, it was a great event, and I loved it, and, and I've just fallen in love with the uh, program and uh, just working my way up. Didn't you have uh, and, uh, didn't you have one of your kids with you? No, 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 no. But oh, there was yeah, there was one guy. Maybe he was there too. That was uh, uh, DZ. I think his name was DZ or something. I think he had a kid with him. Yeah, he was from San Antonio. Right, and uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I tell you, we couldn't be more. Uh, I've never been to an apple seed where I felt at any time that that any of the folks there were were in any way could anything they could have said or done uh was in any way uh threatening or out of line uh, and I can guarantee you uh, if I would if I ever hear anything like that I guarantee you I would put a stop to it we don't have any politics we don't have any uh, there's no uh, racism. Uh, I don't think that the, I don't know of an organization that could be more welcoming uh, to other folks, and and that's what it's supposed to be. You know, that's what we're supposed to be doing. Our nation is made up uh, of uh, of of everyone who has come to the nation, because everybody came to this nation from somewhere else, even the uh, American Indians uh, didn't sprout up here. They came from somewhere else. Uh, so everyone on this in this nation uh, got here from somewhere else. So so it belongs to each and every one of us. And so does the responsibility for making sure that this nation continues. And uh, and now you're in IIT two or three? Oh, two. A two, okay. Yeah. And you're keeping you're you're going you're keeping up going up the ladder, right? Trying, yeah. <laughs> well, listen. Anytime, uh, uh, anytime I can help with any of that, you just sing out. All right. All right, and, and I'll be glad to. We're going to try and put together a boot camp here in Davila in. Uh, I think it'll probably be in November or so. And oh, okay. uh, if you'd like to come to that, you're welcome to come to the. To the boot camp to get a, a jump on stuff. Uh huh. But uh, you know, like you were saying before, you know, uh, uh, they're trying to keep us divided. You know, we have to. Uh, I just want to say that that uh, we need to uh, 
quit being, you know, uh, slash Americans, Afro-Americans, Mexican-Americans, you know, uh, German, Chinese, whatever you want. We all just got to be Americans, you know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. And and that's one of the things that that absolutely drives me insane. And uh, and I've got a uh, I've got a buddy who uh, my, one of my best friends here in uh, and they're in the program too. And uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna swing his name around, but uh, uh, he has uh, he's Hispanic, and I'm telling you uh, that that gets uh, that gets him more upset than just about anything else. Matter of fact, it got him upset enough that. Uh, they had asked him to join this Hispanic organization, and at first he said no, but then he said, okay, I'll join it, and he did. And the one of the first things he did was he changed the rules so that no non-Hispanic could join it. And, and I thought that's perfect because yeah. because everybody uh, everybody up at the top level, and sure, there's people locally that, for whatever reason, I don't know, whatever, whatever it is, somehow, sometimes somebody got in their head and tried to tell them that that somebody was better or worse than somebody else, and and they'll do it down this level. But mainly, it's almost always done by the folks at the top because either either somebody's making some money from it, uh, or they're you know they've got to have a job that depends on some kind of a racist or nationalist division uh, or they don't want you to stop and think about what's going on. Uh, I know that a lot of the, uh, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not saying this in a political fashion, but I'm saying that a lot of the folks automatically think that uh, that blacks and Hispanics are going to vote Democratic because that's who takes care of them. And i got to tell you that if I was uh, black or Hispanic, I'd be first thing I'd be saying is, okay, well, what what have you done for me? Uh, how have you taken care of me? But better yet, I don't really need you to do anything for me. I just need you to get out of my way because yeah. I think I can do a pretty good job of my running my own business if you will just get out of my hair and let me run it. And uh, and they want to keep folks yelling at each other. They want to. Uh, uh, they want one group to say this: the problems that America faces are all from this group. And they want uh, the other people to say, oh, we wouldn't have any problems if it was for this group. Because it keeps everybody's eyes and everybody's minds off of them. Because, like I said, sometime soon, everybody's going to sit down at the table and there's going to there's gonna be a lull in the conversation as far as the hate talk. And people are going to start talking to each other and going to realize, you know what? Uh, the real reason we're jacked off, jacked around, is because of the folks upstairs. That's who's causing the problem. So, I think you're absolutely one hundred percent right. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, uh, just remember, yeah, when when if you get cut and I get cut, it, we all bleed red, right? Absolutely, absolutely, and. I'm telling you another thing that, uh, you know, when I was in the military, I'm not going to say the military doesn't have racism, but it does. Uh, matter of fact, one of the guys, uh, for a while, my roommate was the head of the uh, the Texas KKK, the son of the head of the Texas KKK. 
And I remember I got into an argument with him one night because I was never a member of the KKK, just so you know. But I got into an argument with him one night over the theoretical uh, uh, talking about it, and he said that he was telling me, he goes, you can join, but my buddy, he said, he can't join. I go, why? What's wrong with him? He said, because if you look at his face from the side, you can tell that he has mongoloid blood. And I was going like, oh, my gosh. I go, I've never heard anything so absolutely ridiculous, so stupid in all my life. And we got into this argument, and all of a sudden he yelled, that's it. That's it. He goes, you're you're banned from ever joining the KKK. And at first I was like, oh, oh no, now I'm banned. (laughs) But then I thought, thank goodness, because what if I hit my head or something uh, on a rock and I get brain damage and and I start thinking about joining. At least I'll be banned, so that'll keep me out of that, you know. So yeah. But in the military, uh, you don't you never think about that. I can guarantee you that whenever I was in a foxhole with some guy and it was one o'clock in the morning and uh, something had just. Uh, set off a trip flare to the front of our position that I never said I wish I was in uh I wish I was over in this some other foxhole with some other uh white dude or something. I never <laughs> ever thought that. I thought I, I thought how how lucky I was to be with the person that I was with because I knew that they would protect my back. I knew that they had my back. And most of the folks in the military are like that. I mean, at least while you're in there, you know, when you're when you're there, you don't think about somebody's color before you rush out to drag them back in from you know from fire or or anything like that, you know. And that's the way it's supposed to be. All right. Well, listen. Thanks for calling. I'm going to try and get the last uh, five minutes in on a quick uh, medical thing. But listen, keep me advised of how things are going in Fredericksburg. Be sure and call in. Uh, All right, thank you. Uh, like after an event or something, let me know, okay? All right. All right, thanks, Donna. All right, bye. <laughs> All right, well, I hope that we've gone over this quite a bit tonight. At first, I was thinking when the guy, when Colorado called in, I was thinking, oh, no. Uh, is going to hijack the show? And a lot of people are going to be saying, why, why are you even talking about this one? I don't know. Sometimes sometimes there are things that need to be talked about, all right? Sometimes there are things that uh, that do need to be talked about. And, you know, there are several times when I've talked to folks, uh, different races, that uh, I, I've even mentioned that. I would say, look, I would think that you would want to make sure that uh that you had the ability that you had the that you kept the right to defend yourselves with all means uh in the event that you had to and uh, and they've almost universally agreed with me and it's not about the rights of white conservatives to have firearms. It's about the rights of all Americans to uh, to keep and bear arms under a right that's not granted by but protected by the Constitution of the United States of America. 
All right, in the last couple of minutes, let's uh, jump into the into the uh, the health and uh, hospitals and medicine, etc. Now, I'm going to be reading again from the book, The Spirit of '76, and uh, this is a Castle Books uh, book. And like I said, this is these are the letters and notes of people that were there. All right, when somebody wants to write about history, that's what they have to do. They have to find out. Uh, what happened from the folks that were there, and so I'm doing it. I'm skipping through everybody else. I'm just giving you straight, uh, straight talk from the folks that were there. All right, uh, John Adams and Benjamin Rush, and Rush was one of the. Uh, uh, he was one of the uh, the folks who were one of the movers and shakers, uh, but he's also a doctor. But uh, these two guys didn't always see the eye to eye, but. On one subject, they were usually always in agreement, and that's disease. Now, Adams wrote the disease had destroyed ten men for every one which the sword is killed. Ten men for every one which the sword is killed. That's right. So like I was telling you earlier, for every hundred guys that died in battle, there were a thousand that died of disease. And uh, that's terrible. Rush said that hospitals are the sinks of human life in an army. That's pretty sad, isn't it? The sink of human life. And the analogy, of course, is that that's where where it runs down the drain, right? It robbed the United States of more citizens than the sword. And unfortunately, we don't have, we really don't have completely reliable statistics by which to to know the accuracy of the generalizations because there weren't a great deal uh, statistics kept, uh, but it's reasonably clear that Adams wasn't exaggerating. the The battlefield, the fact that the battlefield was safer than the hospital is, is an accepted fact in 18th century warfare and even in the 19th century. In the course of the Seven Years' War, uh, the British lost uh, about 1,512 men killed in battle. And they lost 134,000 from disease. All right? 1,512 in battle, 134,000 from disease. Even in the, the American Civil War, I'm, well, I mean, the, the, what we call the Civil War, uh, the, the deaths in action in the Union armies came to about 67,000. That's a uh, kill in action. While the uh, the death from just disease, not other things, but just disease, 224,000 dying from disease. Now, the, the explanation generally given for the heavy mortality in the Revolutionary Armies is, is found partly in the fact that the condition of medicine in the 18th century generally, uh, it was... It was a great deal of the reason for it. Uh, medicine was still more medieval and, and more voodoo than uh, than modern, right? There's no understanding of infection or, or knowledge of uh, a sepsis. Uh, there's only a primitive form of inoculation against smallpox, uh, which a great deal of folks weren't willing to take, by the way, because for them, the idea of actually sticking a needle into you 
that had just been dipped in the pus of a smallpox wound that somebody had was absolutely horrifying. First of all, smallpox killed tens of thousands of Americans, probably millions of Native Americans. And the idea of voluntarily sticking something into your skin, or they would make a, a small cut in the flesh and they would rub the pus from a, a smallpox sore into it, was horrifying. And uh, a lot of people just wouldn't do it. And even the ones that did, that, while, it, while it being better than nothing, that still wasn't the best way to do it. And uh, and there was nothing that could safeguard you against typhus, diphtheria, malaria, uh, not even scurvy, right? Because while they had made the connection that that fresh citrus fruits or even uh, citrus juices that they could uh, they could boil or can up would prevent scurvy, they still hadn't made the complete connection, right? So you can still get scurvy uh, in America just uh, because of, for dietary reasons. Surgery in itself was very, very primitive, and uh, anesthetics were completely unknown, uh, other than giving somebody a bottle of whiskey and saying, here, you know, drink until you get a little bit drunk. And i got to tell you that uh, while I, I very seldom ever drink alcohol, that uh, often... Uh, there have been cases off and on in my life where I've uh, where I've drank enough to feel a bit inebriated, and I don't. I can't tell you that in any of those cases that I would willingly have a tooth pulled without any other anesthetic. So anesthetics were were basically unknown. Now, if you wanted to talk about tying somebody down and sawing off their leg without any anesthetic, that's what they did. That's exactly how they did it. Now, as for the American situation, most of the soldiers were were young, healthy men, strong. Uh, you know, they've been they've been living to some degree, usually outdoors and uh, and working hard. And uh, men usually they'd managed to get enough vegetables and stuff, so they weren't their diet wasn't too messed up, and they were not uh, they were not so exposed to other diseases such as venereal diseases as the soldiers in the armies of the old world world were such as uh, you know the the french spain british all of the uh, all of the armies that there in europe that were uh, if you were to seek comfort in the arms of a woman of the evening then there was a very good chance that you would get that disease uh, but on the other hand the american states uh had very, very few actually trained doctors, and there were no hospital facilities, no medicines, very few surgical instruments, bandages, bedding, uh, almost almost nothing of anything else. And that's where it stood at that time. Listen, we'll pick up with this uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. We'll start off with uh, with hospitals, medicine, disease, and stuff like that. And uh, And I'll look forward to seeing you then, so uh, thanks for everyone that called in tonight, thanks uh, to Mr. Colorado and the rest of the folks that called in I look forward to uh, to seeing all you folks again next Thursday
When I was young, my teacher told me that I was free. As a child, I grew up programmed by TV. As a teenage boy, I found out. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.